with our voices. We don't need overhead projection to sing praises unto our Lord and Savior. So hymn number 503, Since Jesus came into my heart, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Since Jesus came into my heart, first and second verse, anybody need one it's got two songs on it we are really really efficient around here we've got <laughs> song on the front and a song on the back so you got two songs on one piece of paper hey that's saving the lord money praise the lord amen all right behold our god we're going to sing all the verses john 129 tells us the next day john seeth jesus coming unto him and saith Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Behold our God. Okay. 
excited. <laughs> Hymn number 753, and you may remain standing if you're able. <clears throat> Jesus is coming again. Hymn number 753. John 14.3 says, If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Words of Jesus. He will come again. We will sing the first and third verse. <clears throat> I got a voice. <laughs> Marvelous message we bring. Glorious carol we sing. Wonderful word of the King. Jesus is Hey! 
verse 3. Standing before him at last, trial and trouble are past. Crowns at his feet we will cast. Jesus is coming again. Coming again. Coming that you'll have to earn a right to sit down. I'm picking, I'm picking. <laughs> Turn around, look left, look right, wave, speak, make everybody feel welcome, especially our new visitors this morning. Thank you all for coming. It's good to have all of you here this morning, especially our new visitors. And now we have a special treat, <laughs> a special song by Mr. Tony Hicks. Do you need a mic, brother? Don't use a pulpit. You are my strength. Treasure that I see, you are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel, Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. Jesus, Lamb of God. Nothing I desire compares with 
desire and I long to worship you. Amen. We appreciate that, Brother Tony. He is worthy. That was said in Sunday school. And uh, behold our God. And then Tony's song. And we appreciate that. Our God is worthy. So let's go to our Lord in prayer. Our God, our Savior, in prayer. Because he is worthy of praise, honor, and glory, and power forever. Pray with me. Our precious God and Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you. We praise you, Lord, for all that you are. You're holy and righteous and good. And, Lord, you're an awesome God, a mighty God, all-powerful, all-knowing, everywhere-present God. We praise you because you are worthy of praise, Heavenly Father. Thou art none other like unto thee. You are the only true and living God. And we come to you this morning asking, Lord, for you to help us sing praise unto you, preach your word. We ask, Lord, you just help us to worship you in spirit and truth here today. And that you would receive all the praise and honor and glory for everything said and done here today. Bless Brother A.J. James as he brings the message, the message you've put on his heart. Uh, come from you, Lord, through him, Lord, for your people here at Victory Way. And we ask, Lord, you just bless him, give him power from on high in the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord. We pray, Lord, you'd help him preach your word here today. Lord, we ask, Lord, that souls and be changed, hearts be changed, Lord, uh, that hearts be convicted, Lord, be encouraged where there's encouragement needed, and Lord, we'll give you all the praise, all and glory for all that you do through the message. We lift up our pastor and Miss Cammy and ask, Lord, you'd bless them while they are away, far away, Lord, in Michigan, and we ask, Lord, you'd get them back here safely and bless his preaching each time he speaks during that revival. And we just want to tell you we love you because you first loved us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray and ask all things. Amen. Okay, if you're able, please stand. And we'll sing our next song, In Christ Alone. The Bible says in John 10, 27 and 28, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. That's what this song is about. 20, verse 28, John 10, 28, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And John 14, 6, most, most everybody knows that verse, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but, my, but by me. In Christ alone.
out up here. I didn't tell you, but we got that handout in Christ alone in case you don't have it. And if you don't have it and you'd like to have it, raise your hand. We'll get an usher to bring it to you. Things can get overlooked here. We normally have overhead projection for our visitors and wonder what's going on. And this song's not in the hymn. No, this is one that uh, we've recorded and it's been uh, it's made platinum by now, you know. No. <laughs> but in Christ alone, verse 2. In Christ alone who took on flesh fullness of God in helpless babe this gift of love Scorned by the ones he came to save Till on that cross as Jesus died The wrath of God was satisfied For every sin on him was laid Here in the death of All right. Well, good morning. A nice crowd out here for preaching this morning. I want to start by saying thank you to your pastor for trusting me uh, to be able to come here this morning and fill in for him. It was a real blessing to get that phone call and that request and uh, for the Lord to allow me to do this this morning. I also want to thank my wife 
she works 55, 60 hours a week and then still travels to places like this with me. And it's a real blessing to have her by my side every time I go. So I appreciate her and your pastor. And uh, I asked your pastor if it would be okay if I updated you guys on our ministry. Uh, just to reiterate, my name is Brother A.J. James with Emission Air. I'm a missionary pilot called to the Caribbean. I know that's a terrible place to serve, but somebody's got to do it. So I'm glad God called me for that one because I hate cold weather. Amen. By the way, I want to say this too. Thank you for that song, man. That was beautiful. Uh, I should have gotten up here and played the guitar and sung, but I don't play guitar and uh, I don't really sing either. So I couldn't really do that, but I appreciate him doing it this morning. That was a blessing. Um, so anyway, I'm going to update you on our ministry this morning. I, I've been standing there trying my best to think of when you guys took us on for support. And all I can say is a long time ago. Uh, it was literally when we were first really getting started in our ministry which was 2011, 2012, and I came in here and presented Character Under Construction to you. That was before Walter Terrell, so don't go praising him for that. It was AJ that brought that to your church, okay? He was my mentor, but he wasn't here. He was somewhere else. So. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad you guys got to know him as well. He's a good man of mine. Be praying for him and his situation, his health. I believe everything's going to be okay there, but he still desires our prayers. Uh, but anyway... Uh, I'm thinking about 2012-ish, you guys took us on for support, and we so appreciate that. That, that long relationship with this church has just been such a blessing, and uh, you've seen many changes in our ministry since then, and uh, I'm as surprised by those as you are, and, and God shows us something new every day, and uh, our ministry is just growing to the point that I can't hardly keep up with it anymore. I'm glad it's His ministry, not mine. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and get started because I don't want to keep you here too long today. As soon as we, uh, oh yeah, I got to stick this little thing in this other computer there. That makes it work. Let's try that. All right. There's my family. Somebody asked earlier if we had any kids, and we do. I don't really qualify for a missionary because I have less than five, but uh, we have three nonetheless. Uh, this is our oldest daughter, Chloe, over there, and my beautiful wife, Shana, and then our youngest daughter, Addison, and uh, we have a son that's also grown and gone, and two wonderful, absolutely perfect little granddaughter twins. Uh, they are perfect. I don't care what their mom and daddy says, and we love them to death, and, and I need to update this thing, get some pictures of them on there, but then it would be like every slide would be the twins, because so, they love their papa all. All right, so we primarily operate in three sections, in the schools, on the ground, and of course, in the air. Um, we started, again, many years ago with Character Under Construction from the Rock of Ages. I felt like after about seven years of teaching that in the public schools that the, my personal focus was changing more toward the evangelism, and I couldn't get across what I wanted to being in public schools with the character program, so I wrote my own curriculum called Real Talk. Still teaching character, uh, courage, kindness, integrity, love, all those things that we were allowed to take into the school. We couldn't take our Bible in there, but we could take the character education, which was all the foundational uh, characteristics that we find between the front and the back covers of this Bible. Amen. It was a very successful program. Uh, this ended up being a, a really good program for those older kids that were transitioning into middle school and even on up into high school. Um, unfortunately, 
even though I felt like God was already moving me out of this, COVID has completely taken us out of the schools, and at this particular time, I doubt seriously that we'll ever see that program go back into the schools, which is okay. Uh, God has uh, or does still allow us to uh, present this as a tool to use in the islands, and we have already gotten permission to use it down there. However, I don't know that it's going to be necessary because we can go into the schools and preach in most of the places down there, which is just a true blessing. So also on the ground, uh, one of our favorite things to do are camps. And now we're also talking about the possibility since yesterday of adding VBSs down there in the islands. Um, so we fly to these places, spend a week with them. This is actually specifically in Dominica, which is way out in the West Indies. It's, it's not the Dominican Republic. It's, it's a different country. And uh, we've, man, I guess we've been uh, serving over there for about six years. Um, and, and now in the last three, more in the Bahamas. So anyway, uh, this is their church over there. I'm going to show you here in just a minute uh, a before picture of this church. But this was right after the, the major hurricane. Church was destroyed, and we got the opportunity to go over there and help clean up and, and rebuild that church. And it's, it's back to just about perfect today. Uh, this is a young man there at the camp. This is a mentally challenged young man that actually came to me and had some issues. And I was able to go out and spend about an hour and a half or so under that tree with him and I uh, actually got to lead Jamel to the Lord before it was over with that day, so true blessing there. We also operate in the air, of course. This is uh, another camp in Lemington, Maine, uh, where we go out and we literally fill the airplanes up three times a day during the camp. We put uh, young folks in those airplanes. My specific task was to take those airplanes from uh, Portland, Maine. I flew them out to Albany, New York. We landed there, went out into town. And I actually found a local mall and went out there with those teenagers and handed out Bibles and tracts and were literally pulling people aside outside there. Uh, as I turned around, those kids are back there praying with people out on the sidewalks at the mall. Just a, a true blessing. And then, of course, the kids get to fly and learn about aviation as well. Um, aviation is a great tool, and it's just that. Those airplanes are, are wonderful, and we're so blessed to have them, but they're just tools. Our primary goal is evangelism and being able to win people to Christ, amen? And that's, that's uh, what this church wants to see. That's certainly what our Father wants to see, and that's what we're all about. Uh, but we're going to do that in any way possible. Um, this is a camp down in Bessemer, Alabama. This was actually last year's camp, but I just got back a couple of weeks ago from doing their um, camp this year. And, and that says Alabama. That's actually, it should be Crestview, Florida. But anyway... Uh, just got back from there. We had decisions both years, uh, both salvation and for uh, children who just wanted to change something in their life. Something has been burdening them that they wanted to be able to give up and change in their life. And we had multiple decisions for that in both camps. So that's been a blessing as well. And then, of course, uh, we started doing some uh, supply runs. Uh, can't think of the word I'm trying to think right now. But anyway... Uh, when the hurricane hit down there about three and a half years ago in the Bahamas, we went down there and started doing some disaster relief work, which we didn't typically do, as I told them in Sunday school, but we got the opportunity, and it ended up being a great plan. I wish it would have been mine, but it's something that, the God, that God had uh, put on my heart, so I can't take any credit for it at all. But we went there in the Bahamas, started carrying food and supplies over there, and right off started making awesome relationships 
And now again, we've, we've just kept going back and going back and, and I don't know, probably 30, 40 trips over there now at least and uh, carrying supplies and teams and pastors and so forth. And, and now that has turned into 99% evangelism. So we're not really taking any supplies now. Now instead they're asking us to come over and preach for them. So we're able to go uh, island to island to island and, and preach in the churches. And last time I was down there, I went to an island called Rum Key, and we just went door to door throughout that day handing out toothbrushes and food and Bibles and all kinds of things and inviting people to to preach down at the docks that evening. So we went down there and had an awesome open-air meeting, and people showed up, and we had uh, basically a choir there. We had special singing, and, and I mean, all in one day, this thing just came together, and God truly blessed it and uh, just had a great time there. So now we're talking about doing some revival tours for 2023 to just... Uh, we've, we've picked about four or five different places throughout the islands, all the way down to Jamaica, and then all the way across over to the West Indies into Dominica, where we'll hold revivals and go down and preach in multiple churches during those weeks. Uh, of course, flying teams been a great blessing. Building those relationships down there. You don't really just go in down there and push your way into a church and say, hey, can I come uh, preach the gospel and start changing things around? It doesn't work that way. You have to be basically invited into those places. So those relationships are key for those invitations. Uh, this has become a big part of our, our ministry. I'm also a licensed aircraft mechanic, so being able to work on other missionaries' airplanes and just show up in times of needs and, and, and different aspects, not just working on airplanes, but whatever the need may be. Sometimes it may just be to, to fly to another state and join a missionary and just spend a couple days with him, hanging out and doing things that he wants to do personally, just enjoying some time together. Uh, is, I've really found that to be a, a huge part of our ministry. And this particular place we were down in, this is Bessemer, Alabama, working on this airplane. And for aviation enthusiasts, there's now this uh, YouTube channel called uh, Jimmy's World, I believe it is. And this crazy guy goes around and he finds these abandoned airplanes. And if he can get them to start that day, then he pays the owner. He buys them. And this particular airplane was actually on that show just in the last couple of weeks. They're actually still in the middle of it. And they gave a shout out to our ministry and everything. So that's been pretty neat. Uh, but now that airplane's been sold and that ministry gets to collect all that money and they're going to put multiple airplanes together with that and he promised to, uh, he pledged for 10 kids next year to put them through the aviation camp. So just, just wonderful opportunities. Uh, this was actually down in Georgia, down there putting another missionary's airplane together. Building disciples. I like to, especially now that we have the bigger airplanes I like to take people with me as much as I can to be able to uh, just get those young folks into the field of doing missions and doing things for the Lord. Uh, this young man right here, he's actually already a commercial pilot. He has a lot of hours and so forth. Um, he's just, just learning to do some, uh, actually, management of the uh, pilot team down there in Melbourne, Florida. This young girl is uh, now 18 years old, I believe. She was... 16 or 17 in this picture, had just gotten her private pilot's license. She's also an aircraft mechanic of several years and doing really well. And then, then this is my buddy Damon, uh, a.k.a. Purple Dinosaur is what I call him. Uh, we have a lot of fun with that. But he's another missionary pilot. He's actually uh, based in the Bahamas where we have a mission home and a car and everything down there so we can 
take teams over there now and allow them to, even though it's not a third world country and it's not real far away, there's still great needs there in the Bahamas. Uh, people think of that as uh, a rich place, if you will, and a vacation getaway, but they're really struggling there. When you get out into town and get away from the resorts, which are really no more because they all got destroyed in the hurricane, but um, those, those people are really in need uh, of food and, and especially, especially spiritually. So we're able to go down there and take teams into the mission house there and, and get, give them that uh, feel of going on a, a real mission trip. And they get to go out and witness and do uh, many different things there. So that's been a blessing. And uh, Damon actually lives there and is finishing up the mission home, uh, which is already livable. He's just actually doing an addition on it. But we go out occasionally. Uh, we'll schedule flights for an entire week. And, and again, we just go island to island to island and preach. And this is actually us doing a, uh, a video sermon while we're flying, which is just really a true blessing to just call out to our churches that support us and, and say thank you for all you guys allow us to do. Uh, we've also, just this past year in November, added a flight school to our operation, which has been a true blessing. Um, it's just a secular school. In other words, we're not specifically targeting missionary pilots and what we do is we've actually leased this airplane from that ministry down there in Crestview, Florida and the rental on that airplane goes it, it's split two ways to help both of us and that ministry 100% of the profits go back into our nonprofit to be able to put fuel in the tanks for both of those ministries so it's been a great blessing now what God did that I didn't see coming was we've trained now um, one student has actually gotten his license since November, and about five more have soloed, meaning they've done their first solo flight. They haven't gotten their license yet, but they can fly by themselves in their building time. Well, those five students have already come to me from a secular flight school asking if they can help us with our ministry, that they feel the call to go into missions. So that's been a great blessing, and obviously if I could have chosen anything to happen, it would have been exactly that. Uh, aviation is so unique and is such a need in the missionary field for so many different reasons. Uh, this, is, this was actually our first airplane that we ever received, and I believe I got that thing about six or seven years ago. Uh, I was just driving down the road to, to Memphis to a conference, and I felt God burdening on my heart to call and, and inquire about this airplane, which was just broken down and had flat tires sitting out there at the airport, so uh, I immediately started Googling and, and uh, trying to find out who owned this airplane, and I made the call, and I was on the phone with this guy for four minutes when he said, I think I'll just give you that airplane, and that was our first donation. And it has made at least 20, if not 30, of the trips over to the Bahamas. I've flown that thing from Portland, Maine, all the way to Jamaica, and it's just carried thousands and thousands of pounds of food and supplies and Bibles and people to the people in need. And then this is our Piper Aztec. That uh, picture up there on the top is actually when we got it. Picture on the bottom is the most recent picture. Um, same type situation. We were praying for a twin because this thing carries literally two and a half times the amount of cargo as the single engine. So we wanted to be able to make more out of each trip as we went to the islands. And I uh, had a friend that said, well, I know where you can get a twin engine airplane for $50,000. And I said, well, that's great, but I don't have any money, so uh, that's not going to happen. But I called anyway, 
And I called the broker, and I was like, look, you know, I told him my situation, and he kind of knew who I was anyway. And he said, listen, we'll take $10,000 for that thing. I said, well, I still don't have any money, so that's not going to work either. But I called the guy that had been praying for us, uh, a brother out in California who's actually a missionary now. He's, I was telling somebody earlier, he shut down a steel business to go full-time in missions. And uh, he said, he said, brother, I want to be your first donor for that thing. Man, I can see God working here. And my wife and I were sitting at our daughter's track meet when I got a ding on my phone and I looked and it was a donation for $10,000. So that was our second free airplane. And uh, by the way, the first single engine, it took me about two and a half years to put that thing back together and get it airworthy. This one has taken about a year, year and a half for me to do the same thing there. We're still working on it little by little, but it is very much capable. We've flown teams now over to the Bahamas and supplies and so forth. And uh, just, again, a great blessing. When I came here quite a few years back and uh, was doing deputation, trying to get churches to support us, I felt like God was calling us to the Caribbean. I didn't feel called anywhere else. And I told you guys that I believed what God would have us to do would be to jump from island to island, specifically out in the West Indies, uh, but anywhere in the Caribbean. I'm not saying I prophesied this by any means, but I believe I was somewhat right in that because those green arrows are all the places now that we've served. The red ones are, are places that we've been asked to come, but at this time there's, we've just not seen the need to go there. Um, but I believe God's doing a great work in our ministry, and we're very thankful for that, and churches like yourself that support our uh, efforts there. So now we're about 11 and a half, almost 12 years in missions, eight years in aviation. We've served in nine different countries. We've had multiple school works started, some of which are still going on somewhat. Brother Terrell uh, is still doing some of the work, I believe, on um, uh, YouTube videos that he sends to the schools. And uh, we have another brother that we started a work with in uh, Marion, North Carolina, and I believe he's still able to do some work in the school there as well. But since COVID, it's very, very limited. Um, and then souls being saved and, of course, disciples made. So all in all, I believe God has built a wonderful ministry for us, and I would call it a success. We've definitely seen the destruction in places like Puerto Rico and Dominica and all over those Caribbean islands when the, the uh, hurricane hit down there. This, by the way, is a before picture of that church that you saw earlier that was destroyed. You couldn't see anything around there. It's primarily just jungle. Uh, but after the hurricane, you could literally see all the way to the ocean. There was no greenery there whatsoever. Even the grass was gone. There you go. That's a, a, about a month after the hurricane right there. Same church. And we've supplied the needs. We've flown uh, items from uh, as far as St. Croix and, and the West Indies to Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, uh, again, all the way through the... Um, Bahamas and and now in the last couple of years we've done a lot of work here in the states as well anytime there's a wildfire hurricane floods uh, we served in Louisiana for the hurricanes and I just got back from Kentucky being able to take a big truckload of stuff up there to the flood victims as well we'll talk a little bit more about that too uh, discipling teens this is a bible study a hangar night that we have out there for my home church open door baptist in Lexington North Carolina uh, spread the gospel. This is Brother Joel, now Brother Joel, because I led him to the Lord there under that wing. Uh, just a great day there and a long story I wish I could share with you, but we'll just move on for time's sake. And I would ask you to pray about some of our needs. 
uh, of course, always souls for our labor. Uh, for that twin-engine airplane there, we had an inspection back in the fall that cost us $35,000, and we're still in need to, to pay that down. And also, we have another airplane. This actually, we've already paid for that $3,000 there. We had that fuel tank repaired. I came back. I flew about 30 minutes, parked that airplane, and lo and behold, the other wing was leaking. So now we have a second fuel repair we need to do on that, but I believe it'll be half that amount, so probably about 1500 for that that we would ask you guys to pray for. You say, that's some awful big numbers, brother. You're right. But I've seen God give us two wonderful airplanes, and if he can afford those, I'm sure God's not broken. He can take care of these small needs as well. So be praying about that, please. And then I just wanted to share some pictures with you, some things that we get to do, and really just to make you jealous because I serve in the Bahamas and you don't. It's, it's a really great opportunity. No, I'm just kidding. It is a wonderful ministry. This is actually a great big diesel box truck that was donated to us last year, and, and uh, God had uh, Richard Childress racing to, to put some beautiful decals and wraps on that thing and just made it real pretty, and uh, now we get to... I, actually, I just used this to take, oh man, four or five loads of building materials, food, yard tools, all kinds of things up to Kentucky for both the tornadoes and the flood victims, so it's already been a huge blessing. Um, these are actually uh, churches. This is a chapel at an orphanage on Cat Island there in the Bahamas that needs some work. We've got some teams that are interested in going down and doing that. Here we are still in the schools. We're not doing the character education, but we are able to go in there just most recently. Uh, this school, I think this was in Rural Hall, North Carolina. They asked if they could do something for our ministry, and they put together these wonderful buckets full of blankets and clothes and uh, or not clothes, gloves and toboggans and, and all kinds of supplies for the people in Kentucky. And I walk in that room and they just had this huge classroom full of these buckets. So while I was there, they allowed us to present our ministry and I got to talk a little bit about the Lord there in that public school. So God is still using that. And last but not least, you guys participated last year with us in our shoebox program, kind of like Samaritan's Purse where we take those shoeboxes we provide your church with the boxes. You take them home and fill up as many as you want to. And then we deliver those things. And these are some that we delivered. This is there in Homa, Louisiana, where the hurricanes hit. And we delivered some of them there. Uh, actually, most of them went there. But we hit a couple of other places as well. So I wanted you to see the kids' faces. You put those smiles on their faces. You fill those boxes. And we appreciate you so much for taking part in that. They were just so blessed. These little stuffed animals that you guys put in those boxes, everywhere I went, I would see those little kids, even the boys, carrying around those little stuffed animals. Because in that animal, that little bit of effort right there just said, I love you, and we're still thinking about you, and we haven't left you. And they really appreciated that. It was such a blessing to be able to do that. And we're going to do that again this year. Um, I've just put that out. I'm actually trying to complete the prayer letter now this week and I'll be sending that out to uh, let churches know that we are going to participate again this year in that and we'll be I believe I'm, I'm going to take all those boxes up to Kentucky uh, first to northern Kentucky up where the uh, tornadoes hit we'll deliver half there and then the other half I believe will go to uh, the flood victims from Hazard South where we've just delivered supplies there uh, in Kentucky so 
if you guys would like to participate in that, uh, again, I'll be talking with your pastor, and basically you'll tell me how many of those shoe boxes that you're interested in filling. I'll get an order for your church. I'll bring those up here, and uh, you'll fill those up, and then I'll come back and pick them up, and we'll get them to the people that I believe God is leading me to deliver them to. So any questions at this point? Anything about what we're doing, what we plan to do? All right, good. Well, let's move along. Again, I don't want to keep you here too long this morning, but I believe the most important thing for us to do here is to spread the Word of God. And uh, that's what we're going to focus on here this morning. We're going to be in two different books this morning. We're going to start in Genesis, Genesis specifically chapter 22. Genesis 22, we're going to be in um, verse 5 there. And then if you can put your finger there and turn over actually where we're going to start. No, I take that back. We're going to start in Genesis, but you can hold your place in Daniel 3. Daniel 3. As a Christian, there are some things that are essential in our walk. We talked a little bit about that this morning in Sunday school. Some things that I believe that we should see in our lives and in our walk. And the first thing that I believe that we should see in our Christian walk is our faith in God. Romans 10.9 said, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I'm going to go ahead and open up with this right here because I believe this is the most important thing that I can give you before I leave here today. I, I don't preach without giving the plan of salvation. I believe that's why we preach, is to give the plan of salvation. So I don't go anywhere without doing that, and today is certainly no exception. I'm going to read that verse for you again this morning. Romans 10.9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart. Most important thing you can understand right there. That's faith. We have to have faith that God is who He is, that He did what He did, and that He can do what He said He can do. That He's going to come back one day and He's going to take us home to be with Him. Amen? We should see that in our walk. And I want you to understand, you've probably heard this before, that there will be many people that will miss heaven by 18 inches because they have the head knowledge of God, but they never truly got the heart knowledge, and they miss that by about 18 inches. It's one thing to know who God is, but you know what? So does Satan. If you go back over there to the book of Job, and you start reading there at the beginning in the first couple of verses there, you'll see where that conversation took place between God and Satan himself. Satan knew exactly who God was. Satan has had conversations with God. He was standing there before God, but that in no way meant that Satan is saved. So it's one thing to know who God is, but it's a whole other thing to acknowledge Him and to have faith in Him and to ask Him to come into your heart and be your personal Savior. And if you haven't done that, 
If you can't go back and find some time in your life that you got along with God and you had a repentive heart, which means to turn from your sin. That means I used to be this person and now I have the desire to be this person. Oh, it may not be easy and I'm not going to come up from the altar and just all of a sudden be different or look different or be clothed different or have different hair or speak different or pray different or any of those things. It's a process of sanctification. But trust me, you'll be different. Amen? Just want to get by that. Faith. We should see faith in your walk as a Christian. Look there in Genesis 22 and verse 5. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you again for the opportunity, again for the freedom to be able to come out today and to step into this house of God and be able to worship with our friends and our family. Lord, we're thankful that we can still legally carry a Bible down the street under our arms. And I don't know how long that freedom's going to last, but we can do it for now. And Lord God, I pray that each and every soul in this church house takes advantage of that. Father, thank you for that. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to be here to just give you praise and honor this morning. We sure hope that we do that in everything that's done here today. But most importantly, Lord, if there's one here today that don't know you as their personal Savior, Father, save them before it's everlasting too late. Father, I pray for this pastor, Lord, as he's up there preaching today, God, I pray that you just fill him in a mighty way with the Spirit of God. Father, bring him back safely to his flock. Thank you for the opportunity for me to be here today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So I'm going to read this to you one more time. We're talking about faith here. And in Genesis 22:5, Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and come again to you. Notice the period there at the end of that statement. Now, I'm certainly not questioning my Bible. I think it's perfect and inerrant. But I would say this. I believe there could have actually been an exclamation point there at the end of that statement. Why? Because that is a profound statement. Look, and we will come again unto you. You understand that Abraham had a task and he knew exactly what that task was. And he knew exactly what that task meant. It was to take his son, his only son Isaac, up to the top of that mountain and sacrifice his life. Yet he's saying here in this statement, we'll be back. We will be back again. That's the faith that I don't have, my friends. I wish I had that kind of faith. So let's move on here. There was no question. There was no lack of faith. He knew without a doubt that two of them were going up the mountain and two of them would be coming back. Now turn with me, if you will, over to Daniel 3. Daniel 3 and verse 16, the Bible says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this manner. <clears throat> Excuse me. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. Man, we're talking about faith in God. You understand this king has just given them a death sentence. They're about to be thrown into this Hot furnace is heated up seven times hotter than it's ever been before, and they're going to throw those guys in there. There is no question that it's going to kill them. Yet they're saying right here that our God is somehow going to intervene in this situation and save us. Just like Abraham, I wish I had that kind of faith this morning. You may remember back earlier in this story how the king said that when the rock music plays... And you hear all these bands and 
all these different instruments start playing, you're going to bow down and you're going to worship that golden idol right there, it looks like me. I'm paraphrasing. And those three Hebrew boys very easily could have stood out there and just bent over a little bit so that people wouldn't recognize who they were and what they were doing. I could just compromise and I think we could get away with this thing. They didn't do that. Those boys stood tall and they stood for their God and their God only. Amen? And they made it known that they would not bow to this golden image or this king. They would stand for the one true and only God. That's faith. Because of their faith, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered, O king, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. I'm wondering if these guys are a little bit crazy here. But I think it's more than that. I think they're actually experienced. I think they're experienced in seeing what God has done in their lives, specifically in the life of Daniel. I think they're experienced in receiving the blessings of God. I think they're experienced in seeing how good God is each and every day. My friends, if you draw close to God, He will draw close to you. And I promise you this, you will see the blessings upon, his li- upon your life bestowed by Him. And that experience is what brings faith in our lives. The next time we're faced with a situation, we can think back to what God did yesterday or this morning or even in the last hour and be able to apply that to our lives to be able to have the strength and the faith that He's going to do it again. And He will. Thank God He's made provision for those times that we lack that faith. Not all of us have the faith that we see here in these Hebrew boys and in Abraham. But in Matthew 17 and verse 20, God said, And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. He understood that we're not going to have the kind of faith that these men have. He said, if you'll just have a little bit, just a little bit is all it takes. If you'll just believe in me, I'll do wonderful things in your life. So back to the story here in your Bible. The boys had faith that God was going to intervene in their lives and in their situation. You say, but preacher, they weren't too sure here. Because they were kind of, it seems like maybe they were wavering. They said, well, God's going to save us from this situation, but if He doesn't, they knew, my friends, they knew exactly who their God was and the fact that He would intervene. Because one way or another, and the same is true for us today, threaten me with death. The worst thing that can happen in a Christian's life is that we die and go to heaven. Is it the worst thing or is it the best thing? Amen? Sudden death, sudden glory. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I'm certainly glad to have that promise here this morning. If we look back at Daniel, we see the, the, uh, the favor that was on the life uh, of Daniel and favor from the kings in these stories. He had favor from the Lord and he had come too far to give up on his God now. He had always been there for Daniel and Daniel knew without a doubt that he would be there in this situation as well. We see that Daniel didn't necessarily know what God's answer was going to be. As I spoke in Sunday school this morning, I said sometimes we realize that God's answer is just a flat-out no. 
He'll shut a door. Sometimes it's a yes, and He makes it very obvious that we're to move forward. But the hardest one for AJ is the not right now. Because that's the one where we have to wait. And that's the one that teaches us patience. Don't ever pray for that, by the way. He'll bring you patience, all right. And that's the one where AJ thinks everything's going wrong and his world is falling apart, and then God shows up. But what a reward. So what we have to remember is that he knows best in every situation and in our lives, and we can ask according to uh, our desires. He said he'll give us the desires of our heart, but regardless of what we ask, we should always ask that his will be done in our lives. I know uh, there's been many times I wanted things done my way, and I saw that once God answered according to his will, it's a good thing he never did answer my way because it would have been a mess. Uh, I, I teach my Sunday school class there at home that our life and our walk is much like a jigsaw puzzle. And many of you ladies understand what I'm talking about here, uh, especially my wife. She's got these thousand-piece puzzles, and there's puzzle pieces all over these tables for months at a time. Uh, but anyway, they're all over the table there, and you're having to flip them all over and figure out where this piece goes, and this piece goes, and that piece goes. My friends, God's got the box in His hands. He knows exactly what that picture's going to turn out to be. And thank God... He's got all the answers. Amen? We just got to figure it out. Look at Philippians. Actually, you don't have to turn there. I'll read it for you. Philippians 4, 6 through 8 says, Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known unto God. I told the Sunday school class this morning, some people think that this prayer is too small or this prayer is too big for our God to answer. He said, Cast all your petitions at His feet. Amen. He wants to hear from you on a regular basis. You ask Him, and I promise you this, one way or another, He will answer each and every prayer and petition that you cast at His feet. Ask according to your desire, but that ultimately His will be done in that prayer and in your life. So the Hebrew boys here answered, we will not stand and worship your golden image. Why? Was it that they were so strong against the king? No, but it's because they wanted to show how big their God actually was. This was for His glory. Faith is standing when the world wants you to bow down to everything it has to offer. And my friends, in the situations that we're in today, with all that's going on in our government today, whether you're on the left or the right, we better learn how to stand. Amen? Faith is the man in Kentucky. When I stood there and spoke with him last week, and I looked at that pile of rubble about 30 feet high there by the river that used to be his house. And now there was nothing left but a dirt pad and all that stuff, all that rubble were his personal belongings, fishing rods, the food that they once had in their cupboard, the clothes that they once had in their closet. It was all gone. Nothing. They have nothing. And that man stood there before me and said, you know what, God supplied the first one. And I believe He'll supply the next one as well. I wish I could say I had that faith this morning. Second, in our walk, we should not only see the faith of God, but we should also see the plan of God. So I want to go back to Genesis 22. There in verse 8, And Abraham said, My son, God will provide Himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them together, and they came to a place which God had told them of. 
And Abraham built an altar there. I want to stop right there for just a second. This isn't in my message, but I want, to, I want to get this out there because I see this so often in churches now. So often in churches, especially down there in the Bahamas, when I go down there and I ask, when's the last time you got on this altar? Oh, well, we haven't had an altar call in eight months. Maybe years. My friends, you know what these altars are for? You want to see the power of God? Study the Old Testament. Every time they wanted to see the power of God, they built an altar. They went to the altar to make that request. If we want to see the power of God in our walk today, we need to go back to the way we saw the power of God before. We need to start utilizing these altars. I just got a text a while ago after Sunday school from a church that I went to probably eight months ago. And they said, could you give us an update on this specific lady that you asked us to pray for? <laughs> that was eight months ago. These guys are still praying for that same girl from a missionary that they see once every two years. I love it. We've got to use these altars. All right, so back to the story here. Um, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not uh, thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou, thou thing unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thickets by his horns. Now, I don't want you to be confused here and think for a second that this ram just happened to be over here in the thicket. I want you to understand that there is a plan of God in each and every individual's life that sits in this sanctuary today. I want you to understand that He had a plan for you from the time that He laid the foundation of this earth. He knew what was going to happen in your life, and He still does. And I want you to understand that it's no different in this story. Because you see, this lamb was born at exactly the right time that God needed it to be born. This little lamb or ram, if you would, was weaned from its mom at exactly the right time that it needed to be weaned from its mom. And my friends, this ram was sent up the other side of that mountain at exactly the right time that it needed to be sent up that mountain so that when Abraham and Isaac was walking up one side and they were wondering how things were going to go and what God was going to do and how their prayers would be answered when they got to the top. And Abraham's struggling, wondering, what am I going to do? I have faith. I'm going to be able to sacrifice my son, but I just don't know how God's going to intervene in this situation. And in the whole time when he was trying to figure that out, during that waiting period as a Christian, when you don't understand when and where and how God's going to step in, that he was walking up one side of the mountain and that ram was walking up the other side. Amen? It was his plan all along. And when that ram got up there, just in time it got caught in that thicket. So just a little nugget here. You see there that it was caught by the horns and different people say different things about that situation. Some say that that represents the crown of thorns that was put on Jesus' head, but I believe there's more to it than that. Because you see, that day that Jesus went to the cross, there was only one man that could do what He did. And it had to be the perfect sacrifice without blemish. And had that ram gotten caught anywhere else but those horns, it would have had a blemish or a cut on its hide. 
And you see, this is a parallel of this man taking his only son up there as a sacrifice, just like God did with his only son, Jesus, who died on the cross and bled for our sins. He's perfect. His will is perfect. His plan was perfect. And moving on for the sake of time. Genesis 17, 7, the Bible says, And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee, and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be with God unto thee, and to thy seed after thee. Who is that seed that God is talking about in this statement? This very son Isaac that he's about to go kill. So again, we see that God had a perfect plan all along. It was never his plan for Isaac to kill this son. He just wanted to test his faith. So when you're worried about what you feel like God is asking you to do, don't worry. When you're not sure what God's plan is for the situation that He's called you into, don't worry about it. Because if He called you to it, my friend, He'll see you through it. And number three, in a Christian's walk, we should see the blessings from God. We should see the faith in God. Amen. But we should also see the blessings from God. We've already talked about the ram in the thicket. Let's go back to the Hebrew boys there in Daniel 3 again. And I'm going to go back there to verse 19, Daniel 3. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it won't be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hose, and their hats, their garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Verse 22, Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flames of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Wait a minute, did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no no hurt upon them. I'm sorry, and they have no hurt. And I love this. The form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Amen. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire, and of the princes, governors, and captains, and the kings, and the counselors being gathered together, saw these men upon whose body the fire had no power, nor was an hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him, and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other god that can deliver after his sort. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. So the blessing of deliverance from the fire is what we're talking about here. 
we see the blessings of God upon these three boys and how God showed up in their time of need. And I want to point something out here. We call on our God in times of need, but that time wasn't in the fire. The time of need for these boys was actually out there when the sentence was placed upon them, when they were standing in that crowd, when the king gave the final warning that if they didn't bow down, they were going to die. That's when we would have called out for help. But that's not when God showed up. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying God allowed them to go all the way to the furnace. And God could have put out the fire, but you see, He didn't. As a matter of fact, He allowed it to be flamed up even hotter. And He allowed those boys to be thrown into that fire because that's where He had the plan to show up. That's where the deliverance was going to take place. Why? Because then you see the king and how his heart was changed and how his desire has now been God and how now he was placing a decree over all of his kingdom that we will worship this God. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying God is going to sometimes allow you to go through a fire. You're going to call out when you first go into that situation and when you see things starting to get bad. And you're going to cry and you're going to feel heartbroken and you're going to wonder, where is my God? I know He's out there, but why hasn't He shown up? Why is He allowing me to go through this thing? Why am I having to hurt so bad? Why am I having to cry so many tears? Why are my friends having to see me go through this when I'm a Christian and I've called on my God? Where is this God? My friends, He's right there with you. He's right there by your side. But He might allow you to go through that thing just like He did Job in order to build your testimony and allow others to see what He's about to do. Because you see, it wouldn't have been so great if He would have delivered them just from bowing down. No, He delivered them from the fire without even the smell of smoke upon their clothes. Can I tell you this morning, God's got a plan for your life. And can I just reiterate one more time that that plan started from the time that He laid the foundation of the earth? He knows what you're going through. He knows what your trials are. He knows what your trials are going to be tomorrow. Amen. You've just got the pieces, but He's got the box. and He knows how this thing's going to turn out. All we've got to do is stand in our walk and show the blessings and show the faith and allow Him to work in our lives. If you can and will, let's stand all over the house. You're welcome to play something, sister, if you want to. I hope this message has been a blessing to you as much as it has me this morning. I've gotten some help, so this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed, I ask you to please be respectful and not look around. I'm not going to have you raise your hands. I just want you to think in your heart as I ask you this. Are you going through a trial? Is there something you've been through lately? Are you struggling in your marriage, in your work, in your finances, maybe even in your walk? And you're asking God, where are you? God, I feel you in your life. I know that I'm a Christian. I know that I've been saved by your grace, but I just don't see you in this situation. God, where are you? Can I tell you, Christian, he's got this thing figured out? 
Maybe you need assurance of that this morning. I'm going to offer you the time to come down here to this altar and cast that petition at His feet and just pour out your request to God. God, I need you to intervene. Lord, I know you're in my life, but in this situation I'm struggling. I need your help. I need you to intervene. Why don't you just come on down here? You want to see God's power? Go back to the old times when they got God's power. Come down here on this altar. Maybe you say, brother, I heard you say something there about salvation that I've never known before. And I'm not even 100% sure this morning that I'm saved. There is nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing, in this world that would stop me from getting that right, right now. Right now, before you walk out those doors. My friends, too often recently I've seen people check out of this world that I thought would be around here for a long time, and now they're not there for me to talk to. My uncle woke up just a few days ago and found his roommate deceased by his bedside. Had no warning whatsoever. I've got friends recently, my age, I'm not even quite 50 yet, that are checking out of this world. Why? I don't know. I hope it's because we're just one day closer to God coming back. But I can tell you this, you're not guaranteed your trip home today. If you're not saved or you're not 100% sure you're saved, don't be embarrassed. You come on down here and get things right. And if you don't want to come down here to this altar, then I beg you, sit down right there at your seat and get things right with God before you walk out of here this morning. Get it right. Maybe you say, brother, I know I'm saved, and God has been a true blessing in my life, and I just want to praise Him. Would you just lift your hand and say, I just want to praise Him right now for everything He's done. My, my, look at all the hands all over the house. Amen. Let's give Him the glory for that. We're going to give just a minute for those still on the altars. No rush, no rush. Maybe those at their seats, pray for those that's been on the altar this morning. We don't know their need, but God sure does. We just pray that He answer according to His will. All right, you can look this way this morning. Thank you again so much for allowing me to be here with you this morning. Again, we just pray that your pastor makes it back safely. And uh, just God bless you guys. We thank you again for the support that you've given us for so many years now. Uh, We certainly still desire your prayers. And uh, hopefully this time it won't be so long before we get back up here. So let's go ahead and close out this morning. Again, thank each and every one for coming out this morning. Lord, again, we want to say we love you. We thank you for the services this morning. We just pray, God, that you get all the glory for everything that was said here. Lord, for those that came down on the altars and those that prayed in their seats, God, I pray, Father, that you just show up in each and every situation. Just pat that person on the back and remind them, I'm taking care of this situation. I've got it handled. Lord, again, if there's one here that's lost that didn't get things right today, Father, I pray, God, that you be up on their heart and their mind without stopping, without ceasing. Lord, until they... Uh, place their faith and their trust in you. And we'll certainly give you all the honor, the praise, and the glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. You are dismissed.